Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that the Handlebar is a lovely craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, and they have an even lovelier happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., during which you get a dollar off all of their craft beers on draft. They have 28 of them. I'm not kidding. That's a real deal. Seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's four hours at the Handlebar. A dollar off any of their awesome draft beers. You can drink them inside, at the bar, at a table. You can drink them outside on their newly renovated gorgeous patio. It's lovely here in Chico right now. Johnny and I highly encourage you to check them out. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, south end of town, right next to Winco, right next to Best Buy. Again, that's the handlebar. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show out of Chico, California. I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Hi. This week on the show, our thoughts on the unbearable weight of massive talent. It's a film starring Nicolas Cage playing the role of a lifetime as Nick Cage. He stars alongside Pedro Pascal, who plays a dubious wealthy figure by the name of Javi Gutierrez, who requests the presence of the actor at his swanky birthday party, Films directed by Tom Gormican and is currently in theaters everywhere. Our thoughts on that in just a bit. But beers, they're very important to this show and to myself. This week, we are featuring Tox Brewing out of New London, Connecticut. First beer is going to be called Digitox. It's an Imperial New England IPA clocking in at 8.5%. And our second beer is going to be called Death Angel. It's a triple IPA that is a whopping 10%. We're on this triple IPA thing again. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a fantastic Thursday evening. And I do hate to make it worse by telling you that unfortunately you won't be hearing our episode today in its entirety. You're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. Okay. But Max, what if I want to hear the rest of our chat with uh, spoilers for Massive Talent, The Danger Zone? The second beer, hot and bothered, all that stuff. Where where am I going to go? You can go a number of places, my friend. You can go to Spotify or SoundCloud or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Uh, you could also just save yourself a couple steps. Go to our website. We drop new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. So if you'd like the show, feel free to leave us a five-star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know that you did. We like that kind of stuff. Um, if you're a social media person, you can find us on Instagram for photos, Letterboxd for film reviews, Untapped for beer reviews. We are at Fresh Hop Cinema, all those places. Or yeah, check out our website. Like I said, www.freshhopcinema.com. Tag us in your beers on Instagram. We want to know what you're drinking. On to Patreon. If you are a fan of this show and you want to get more involved and keep it rolling, you should join Patreon. As little as $1 a week gets you access yeah. to some pretty legit bonus content, if I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. You might even see pictures of the sweet shirt that I didn't even notice Max was wearing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thanks, that's man. a dope green night shirt. Uh, do you know that I've, did you know about this shirt? This is the first time I've seen it. I don't wear it all that often. I thought, because I get to pick the color of the t shirt and mm -hmm. I was like, we should make it green. But then I was like, I should have gone like black or something more, less like, it's like Kelly green. So it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of doesn't go with a lot of stuff. But, I'll take your compliment. Thank I you. Like it's a it. cool shirt. But anyways, uh, yeah, we do bonus episodes. We do events. We're going to be doing some bottle shares and barbecues and movie nights. Sparklegasm. Sparklegasm. That's a thing in the works. And then also, um, hopefully, some more pool parties at Young oh, sure, Phillips' house. Sure. That was fun. I want to recreate that magic. 
All that to say, if you want to be as cool as Lori and Ken, our two brand new patrons, nice. you should join us. Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. You'd be a lot cooler if you did, but none would be as cool as today's patron birthday. Birthday boy. Longtime friend of myself and Max. Longtime patron of the show. Longtime patron of the show. One of those guys that's been with us since the, since the jump, and mm-hmm. we love him to death. Nick Land, happy birthday. Yeah, I, happy birthday, Nick. I uh, hope you're having a great day. I went to Burgers and Brew yesterday, which is obviously the day before his birthday. He won't hear this until Friday when the episode drops. But uh, I didn't get a chance to see him. And I was hoping to be cool enough to be like, hey, I know your birthday is tomorrow. Like Facebook didn't tell me. So I'm letting you know happy birthday. But I didn't see him there. So fair enough. Happy well, birthday, Nick. Happy birthday. I'm not getting you anything. So here's a plug for your podcast. That counts. Oh, sure. If you like fantasy football and or Nick Land, you should check out Fantasy on Draft. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic fantasy football show where they talk about NFL news, fantasy football, all kinds of stuff. And they also review beers every week. So there's a little crossover. Sure. If you like us, check him out. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantasy on draft, uh, draft spelled in the traditional sense, D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Uh, you got anything else on Patreon or anything? No, that's it. Okay. Then with all of that out of the way, Johnny Summers, let's get into beers for the week. Like you mentioned at the top of the show, we're drinking beers from a Connecticut-based brewery called Tux Brewing Company. Uh, we've never had their beers on the show before, definitely. I've never had their beers at all. Have you? Nope, not a single one. Okay, then before we get into our first one, here's a little bit from the About Us section on their website. They say, quote, The idea of Tox Brewing started as a daydream between the three of us, uh, the three of them meaning the three head brewers, Dane, Mike, and John, a few days before Thanksgiving in 2015. We were standing over a converted 10-gallon igloo cooler stirring hot water into mixed grains. This feels like a tale as old as time with the startup of breweries, like Mm -hmm. just a dream. Uh, That dream turned into an ongoing conversation and then a plan and finally a commercial transition. The two of us have taken the reins of ownership while John continuously brews with us and helps in any way he can. Dane's background in toxicology, as well as his interest in poison, antidotes, and plants with natural healing properties have led us to name and theme, had led us to the name and theme, excuse me, for toxic brewing, uh, tox brewing, two in a row. We have been slowly realizing process through progress and are consistently growing as we ponder every style, ingredient, and creation that are new to us. So listeners, if during the course of this conversation you find you want to know more about Tox Brewing, you can go to toxbrewing.com or find them on Instagram at Tox, T-O-X, Brewing. Johnny Summers, you've picked out both beers. What's the first one? So the first one is called Digitox. It is, again, from Tox Brewing out of New London, Connecticut. It's an Imperial New England IPA. 8.5% currently available at SNS Produce right here in Chico. Digitox is a scaled up, optimally saturated double IPA version of our beloved Foxglove. Ramping up the New Zealand and American hop combination that is near and dear to our hearts is not a project we took lightly. True to Foxglove's straw yellow color and pillowy mouthfeel, Digitox is that's a digitox sticks, sticks in the mouth. Yeah. Digitox. Digitox exudes big flavors of white wine, grape, ripe melon, grapefruit, and berries. Um, man, I'm bummed. I now I wish I could have tried the, uh, the one you mentioned Foxglove They're They're, uh, I assume it's a single. Um, can we talk about the can for a minute? Absolutely. It's very cool. And I know we always try to give a shout out to can design, but this one in particular seems very, um, mystical. And, and I really like the art. It's a, it's a, an alchemist sort of of a frog holding a pink orb that is suspended between his hands. He looks like he's in some sort of dungeon, perhaps uh, brewing up all sorts of fun little, um, what's the word that I'm looking for in like video games? This um, would be like uh, potions, yeah, vials, potions, vials maybe. cordials. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's great. He's in, there's also libraries. It's a library that he's in. There's a feather quilt pen and some skulls around. It's clearly from the stone masonry, like the top tier of some sort of haunted castle. For sure. Um, so, okay. 
can out of the way. Very cool design. Is that why you saw this first? You grabbed it. Uh, I've actually had my eye on this brewery for a while. It's one that I haven't seen really anywhere else in Chico. Mm. And the the can art obviously is what caught my eye. Uh, the first one I saw had, I want to say it's a dart frog. The, oh, nice. The like, rainforest frog that's highly poisonous. Yes. And then I noticed... All their cans have poisonous animals on them, and sure. one has the um, the what is it? A golden octopus, the one that's like fits in the palm of your hand. And it's got little blue rings on it. I don't know. It's wild. It's uh, it can kill a human like instantly. Pretty, really? Pretty gnarly. You octopus. just know that? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, um, yeah. I think stuff like this is fascinating, and I've seen a lot of frogs and stuff like that at zoos and whatnot over the years. So yeah, obviously kind of gravitate towards the cool, really vividly yeah. colorful and well-illustrated can art too. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> I've had these set aside at SNS for a while, just went and picked them up and super stoked on this brewery. Uh, tried the first beer. I think I really like it. Yeah, I okay, it's good. it's quite pleasant. Have you imbibed yet? I'm about to. I was going to say quickly that the one that we are drinking, the can is about five. I didn't have done the exact math. It was between five and six weeks old. Uh, so we're drinking it really fresh, especially all the way from the East Coast, or, you know, ish. Um, so no, but I've got it in my glass and we're drinking them out of these stemless tulip glasses. Looks very much like a New England IPA. Mm -hmm. Super thick. Mine's got a ton of head left too, which is nice. I'm hoping there's a good amount of body here in carbonation. I'm, I can definitely smell it. It smells great, um, but you've tried it. Yeah. What are your, what are your initial flavor thoughts? Yeah. It's got a really nice nose on it. It's super like robust and, and pillowy is a word that they threw out about the the single version of this beer and that definitely holds true with this it is big big mouthfeel it's right up against too sweet for me but i don't sure. think it eclipses that mark but it is it is tickling the border of too sweet and johnny don't like yeah, and okay it's staying within that border and mm -hmm. there is a nice hoppiness it's not nearly as bitter or as dry as i want it to be on the mouth but then like the the aftertaste definitely dries out my tongue a little bit um Overall, it's it's an above average New England style, and it's one that I like more than than a lot of them. I think it's really well made. Uh, it, like I said, though, my main detraction from this right now is it is just nestled up against being way too sweet. Yeah, I I'll, that's true. I agree. There is a pretty good counterbalance though with some bitterness. It's not a beer that is trying to showcase the hop characteristics of whatever hops they used. But it is one that is using that hoppiness to offset what might be a pretty intense sweetness. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a spongy softness to this that is really, really nice. I think pillow is a good word that if they were trying to emulate from their first beer, um, might have achieved. I don't know if that I would give it quite the 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 bounciness of the word pillowy, but like sponginess feels right to me. Like it's kind of sucking you in, but also like, like almost like a quicksand effect mm. uh flavor-wise, because you just kind of get sucked into it. I, I like it too. I'm not um, nearly as scared of, not scared of, but I don't um, shy away from the sweet, hazy IPAs quite as uh, easily as you do. Yeah. So I do like it overall. The, the mouthfeel is, is I think, refreshing almost. It's kind of heavy. I mean, you said it's eight and a half percent, so I'm not expecting a super crushable IPA necessarily. I want something robust with some body, and I think I'm getting it. Um, I don't know that I would go the route that they said of picking out white wine grape necessarily mm. here, but the melon is there, the grapefruit. I would have gone maybe lemon. It's got that bitterness from a lemon that is that is not quite like a citrus orangey, but more of a biting, yeah, astringent kind of lemon, which which is good because I think it lends itself to the hoppy bitterness and maybe takes away from what could be overpoweringly sweet. Yeah, those notes for sure just add balance to that that sweet undertone. Yeah, overall, I like it. I like it more than I like most mm -hmm. New England. I still, I'm not madly in love with it, yeah. but it's a solid beer. Mm. I don't think it's a beer for me. 
Yeah, maybe not. Um, and by that, do you mean one that's aimed at you or even one that now that you've tried it, you're still like, no, nah, maybe not for me. Yeah, that second okay. one. It's really, it's gr- like great if you like this style. Like people that are into this, yes. if the name and the the style and the ABV appeal to you, you're going to like it, guaranteed. Yeah. One of my big problems with hazy IPAs, especially Imperial hazy IPAs, ones that get into the eights and nine percents, uh, is that there's this, um, there's really astringent, I'm not sure what it's from, but I do notice when you pour out the entire can, it's the stuff at the bottom that that seems to soak into the entire drinking experience in some of these beers that go above and beyond to be the haziest they can possibly be and the, the most tropical or fruitiness. It's something about trying to shift it into that higher gear that can often make the drinking experience, for me, very, not painful, but um, taxing mm. and makes me not want to drink more. And I've had several drinks of this and I've not gotten a bit of that, which well, I really appreciate. Nice. So I, I super dig this, man. I would I would happily get it again. Was it pretty pricey at SNS or kind of more moderate or pretty standard for a single okay. si- single can? This yeah. this ABV. Yeah. Um, I also should point out SNS has a ton of beers. Like they have four or five beer fridges. If I wanted to go in there and find this, is there an easy way for me to <laughs> to do that? Actually, this is good information to have. I think. Uh, yeah, we actually have a beer of the week sticker okay. with a QR code that links directly to this episode. So, so maybe that's how you got here. Uh, you never know. If it is, tell us. I want to know how you got yeah. here. Um, but it's true though, because I have gone in there because they have such a great selection most of the time. And it's like, well, I don't know. Um, but I would, cause I haven't seen this. I would, I'm going to go in and get another, cause I think this is really good. It's a nice. solid Imperial hazy IPA. Yeah. So it's not so much for me. Definitely. Yeah. Up the young Maxwell alley. Ooh, that sounded racy. <laughs> All right. You want to give it out of 10? Yeah. For me, this is, uh. It was like a six one all day. And that's pretty good, man. I was kind of expecting you to fall more middle of the road, but no. yeah, I, I guess it's above average for you. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. And there's a, so many new England IPAs where I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's, it's well-balanced enough. It has that bitter undertone to balance out that sweetness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, six, one. It's an eight for me. Eight out of 10. Super solid. I, there's nothing really, I don't like about it. My only issues are that there's nothing jumping out to me as extraordinary or mind blowing. And I'm not really taking points away for that because uh, I think once I get above eights, I'm like really have to love something mm-hmm. for a very unique reason. But there's nothing wrong with this. I really appreciate what it's doing. I think it's fantastic. Very well made, very clean. Um, I think it won't disappoint if you're a fan of the style for yeah. sure. You got anything else in this? Love the can. That's it. No, let's rip. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you do get the chance to try Digitox from Tox Brewing, we do want to know what you think, so please don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, why not? Take a picture of yourself drinking it and tag us on your social media, again, at Fresh Hop Cinema. And you can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com, or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Next, we have a trailer for this week's movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, but don't worry, there are no spoilers in this upcoming segment, so stick around for that. What did he say? He says he loves you, but he went in a different direction. I'm done. I'm quitting acting. Tell the trades it was a tremendous honor to be a part of storytelling and myth-making. Man, I'm driving through the hills. I'm sorry. One more time. We got another offer. It's a million bucks. It's to attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's the easiest gig ever. You play yourself. What do we know about this guy anyway? Is he into something strange? Welcome to Mallorca, Mr. Cage. The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Javi. Is Javi gonna want me to, uh... I am Javi. Nick Cage. God. 
This place is stunning. What is your favorite movie? That's one of those questions that's impossible to answer. You can't just limit it to one. Imagine me and you. I do. Is it too much? Is this supposed to be me? It's grotesque. I'll give you 20,000 for it. Cliff, we could have died! <laughs> what do you guys want? We're with Central Intelligence. Do you know who you're spending time with? One of the most ruthless men on the face of this planet. I need you to help the U.S. government. Let's kill this Find a way into that room, Nick. I can see myself doing more of this stuff. I think I might have a real gift for it. Good, because we got another mission for you. No, 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 no. Your friend is working for the U.S. government. Don't lie to me. Are those my golden guns? They're my golden guns. I don't want to kill you. You're the last person I want to kill. I love you. I love you. I'm Nick. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Subscribe to us, please, at Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its full glory. It's going to be at your ear tips tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. sharp. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, you got to hear the rest. Don't worry, there's plenty more to digest. Uh, what you just heard was a trailer for this week's film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. The user or critic generated random generic synopsis of this movie goes as follows, quote, Unfulfilled and facing financial ruin, actor Nick Cage accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative recruits Cage for an unusual mission. Taking on the role of a lifetime, he soon finds himself channeling his most iconic and beloved characters to save himself and the ones he loves. I really don't like that last sentence because it makes this movie sound more self-serious and, and meta than it is, at least in the right ways, but we'll talk about that in a minute. In the meantime, this was directed by Tom Gormican, written by Gormican and Kevin Etten. It stars, of course, Nicolas Cage as as, as sort of true-to-life, but also clearly fictionalized version of himself. Uh, also, Pedro Pascal, as I mentioned at the top, plays Javi Gutierrez, that mysterious billionaire and super fan who pays him the million dollars to go to his birthday. You also have Sharon Horgan um, as Olivia Henson. Cage is uh, currently in the process of getting a divorce ex-wife. Uh, Tiffany Haddish plays Vivian, the CIA agent I mentioned. And we'll also give a shout out real quick to Paco Leon, who plays the cousin of Javi, uh, a, a strange character that we don't learn much about, which, you know, he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Um, really quickly then also shout out for cinematography to Nigel Bluck. The last time we covered his work was on the Peanut Butter Falcon. He was director of photography there, edited by Melissa Bretherton. This came out originally at South by Southwest on March 12th then released theatrically on April 22nd. It runs an hour and 47 minutes long. Johnny Summers, what do you think of Nick Cage in general? Fan? Fan. Okay. But a fan in all of his facets. Fan, fan, of his, fan of his weirdness, fan of his 
national treasuriness, mm-hmm. you know, fan of his gone in 60 second heistiness, mm-hmm. also a fan of his his morose chef in pig. Sure. I mean, yeah, I'd safe to say I'm I'm strongly a Nick Cage fan. Okay, it's also safe to say this is strongly a Nick Cage movie. It's hard to get out of the idea that he's playing himself. And mm-hmm. the movie does lean into it like like it suggested in the synopsis. Um there's a character that is played, it's a it's a de-aged version of Nick Cage that is sort of an imagination figure. Uh, that is his self-doubt inner voice talking. And that's characters based on an interview that you and I watched that we might talk about. Um, but does the movie for you, I, I I will get your thoughts obviously, but does the movie for you feel like it's, it's more concerned with um, giving us fan service of old Nick Cage movies or did this feel like something new? I think somewhere in between. Like, I feel like it felt like something pretty brand new because there's not been a movie that's fully embraced and, dare I say, leaned into Nick mm-hmm. Cage's Nick Caginess um, because he hasn't played himself in a movie. Sure. So it was, you know, the chance to give full exposition to mm-hmm. the ridiculousness that has been his life and his characters that he's played and, and quite frankly, some of the roles that he's been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it was quite new. Yeah. Okay. Well, give me your thoughts. Yeah. Did you like the unbearable weight of massive talent? Well, so every time we watch a movie, there is a period of my day the following day mm-hmm. where I get my thoughts together. It's kind of a tradition I have where I I almost without fail, I'm driving for long distances every day. So I have time to meditate. I don't have podcasts on. And a lot of times I have to force myself into that. And like, oh yeah, we have a podcast to record. I should really meditate on that movie mm-hmm. and digest it a little bit deeper and like really get my thoughts in order. Um, there was no forcing it with this one. Yeah. This was a movie that like I was kind of thinking about all night last night and really seamlessly transitioned into today, just recapping it and like going through my thoughts. And the fact that it was that effortless is always a good indicator of how much I like a movie. Sure. When when the thoughts of it linger and it's not a forced you because I don't like write reviews per se, like on paper or on a computer. On I always just I always just write them in my head. Not sure. even on letterbox. I know. Not even one. <laughs> um but I, I do like to get my thoughts in order and the seamless nature that this happened was real testament. I absolutely dug this movie. It was over the top and silly and funny. I mean, and we had this movie that was I mean, it was about a lot of things and it got very meta and very weird in that we're kind of watching these two characters develop a screenplay in which they are currently acting out. So I thought that was a really wild juxtaposition. For people that haven't seen it, should we set that up slightly more? We'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Um, So you have, well, he's sent to the island. Well, he goes for the birthday party and originally he's supposed to leave. Yeah. Uh, but then he sticks around because they develop a bit of a bromance and then they start writing a movie together. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, and we have these undercurrents of Nick Cage's familial drama and his, you know, desire to be a better better father. So there's these big issues that could have been really the spearhead of this movie, but they kind of take a back burner to the overall through line of this relationship between these two men. That is like the focus of this, I think, is 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 Pedro's character and Nick Cage's character like actually kind of becoming genuine friends and having this, these bonding moments and sharing films and watching Paddington too. So I loved the aspect of that. I love Pedro Pascal's just innocence and childlike wonderment. That is something that I am here for all day, every day. Just watching him interact with Nick Cage was priceless. Um, 
I thought it was fantastically acted by him, deadpan when he needed to be, and also just silly and giddy at having his favorite actor in his house. Uh, and the Nick Cage part was, you know, exactly as expected. I think it was just as wild and left field. And DH Nick Cage was fantastic. This crazy person talking to himself, stopping traffic, talking to someone that's not there. So, I mean, I'm not going to say like masterpiece or go crazy, but this is a movie that was really well constructed. I thought it had some original things to say and it had some original ways of executing it. I loved their relationship. I loved the joy that this movie brought me. It was a fun watch. Didn't take itself too seriously. Didn't beat us over the head with these questions of morality and fatherhood. They were present but not overbearing. And overall, big, big fan. Two thumbs way up. Definitely love this movie. Something that I thought when researching the notes for this and just getting together who did what um, is that Nigel Block, the cinematographer on this, was also in the camera and electric department. I don't know what he did specifically, but he worked on Deadpool, which is obviously another very self-aware movie and mm-hmm. it knows what it's trying to do. And some movies in between this and Deadpool have attempted the same kind of self-awareness and I think most of the time fail. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. I think this does a really good job of doing what it's trying to do. And it's a tough movie to talk about a little bit because it it doesn't um, it takes a couple of turns that are fun. I think the less, you know, going in kind of the better, um, which is all I heard going into this. So like I was trying to piece it together and, um, which was fun too, cause I didn't ever quite figure it out. And it was great. Um, I think, yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head with the relationship between the two leads. It's great because the, the reason he gets brought in for the, the CIA approaches him is like, they're like, you have to take this guy out. He's a bad guy. So then as the audience, we're like, okay, why is he so bad? And Pedro Pascal is able to do that thing where he's like, no, he's super, just a super fan and fun and, and innocent. And nice. There's moments where like where he'll be holding a gun and you're like, oh, no, no, this guy could be dangerous. Yeah. And I think that's the key to that performance is you have to kind of think like, well, maybe he is everything the CAA thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the jokes that you get between uh, there's like in the middle of the movie more so when when we're not sure whether he's this or that create some brilliant comedic tension that I really loved. <laughs> I wish there was more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie spends a little bit much time for me on on the Nick Cage um, mythology kind of. There's some callbacks. Like the movie starts with a scene from Con Air, which is kind of fun. Um, actually, it was a brilliant way to set it up. Um, I, I enjoyed it. And I might have fallen into taking it a little bit too seriously at some point. Mm, and that might have been my bad. I totally didn't. I didn't mean to. Um, but overall, it was a fun watch, man. Like, yeah, it's it's not something that's going to, um, you know, uh, blow me away in terms of craft or, or narrative or even necessarily performances. But it's fun to see Nick Cage doing his thing. For the most part. So I dug it. Yeah, I agree. I think what'll get me back was was Pedro Pascal. I yes. think he really tied the movie together for me like a nice rug ties the room together mm-hmm. just beautifully. Sure. So yeah. Also, how do you take a movie seriously, even on accident, that's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? I have a couple theories. One is that I read a book called The Unbearable Lightness of Being, which is about this guy who's suffering a terminal illness. And I oh. always just associate that. Um, but no, there's, you're right. There's no reason to do it. I just, um, I, I heard a lot of hype going in and, and I was hoping it would sort of transcend, um, genre conventions, which it kind of does, but it, in, in that department doesn't really try to trick you. It's like, no, we're, cause you kind of hinted at this, like they're, they're, they're acting out the movie that they are making. So that's kind of a meta quality that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hoped it would go somewhere that I wasn't totally predicting. Yeah. And that's, you know, it was still a great watch. I think watching it again would be great for, usually we say that when it's like, you could get more out of the movie and you could understand it better. You could understand this movie less the second time and just sit back and let it happen. 
And I think this would be a great movie to throw on multiple times. Yeah, I think it's a movie that that merits not taking quite as seriously because it mm-hmm. doesn't take itself so seriously. Yeah. I, I agree completely. And the feel-good factor of a movie like yeah. this skyrockets my enjoyability. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did have the craft. It was a nice movie to look at. Sure. There was some beautiful scenery. It's shot in Greece. Like, it yeah. looks gorgeous. It's great. I mean, like, it's hard to mess that up. You're driving around on acid yeah. in a convertible in sure. Greece. Like, yeah. there's no way that this is not going to be entertaining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the simplistic nature of it and mm-hmm. the fact that you almost do kind of need to just let it be and mm-hmm. let it happen. And like, I'm so here for movies that are a silly goose time and they know what they are. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's the scene or the sequence that you were just talking about, the acid driving around scene leads to some funny antics also, um, particularly involving some paranoia that I want to talk about too yes. once we get into spoilers. But um, yeah, it's it's a f- bunch of fun pranks and goofs for a lot of it. And then there's some real emotional stuff that happens, but it's all handled, I think, tonally very consistently throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. which makes for a pretty cohesive and, in my case, fun viewing experience. 100%. I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. Shout out to friend of the show, Ken, who saw it in the same theater as me. Saw him today. Slash new patron. Sure. Um, you want to give this thing an out of 10? You got anything else? I don't. I think we're about there on time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just about for our radio listeners, for well, sure. All right. Well, for me... The unbearable weight of massive talent does not feel like anything other than a 9.1. That's very high, dude. Yep. Okay, wow. I'm really a big fan of this movie. Okay, good. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's rewatchability in this case. That's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we're too early in the year to start talking top 10s, but you don't throw out 9s and 10s all that often. So yeah. something to keep in your back pocket, maybe. Mm-hmm. 9.1, okay. Um, I think it's more like a 7 for me. Okay. Um, I actually haven't, usually I try to come up with my number a little bit before we start, and it hasn't even occurred to me to think of that number Uh before now so i'm using this really long run on sentence to kind of in the side of my brain figure out if i really want to make it a seven or if it's i think it's a six yeah wow no is that too low it's going down oh yeah it's not gonna be an eight for me it's a six i think six is too low i think i was right i think seven is good a a solid 3.5 stars out of five on my eventual letterbox review feels exactly right it's a solid like i'd love to watch this again it doesn't take an emotional toll doesn't take a whole lot of energy just to watch it. I love it. It's a good nine o'clock movie as it's opposed a, to a seven o'clock movie. It's a feel good movie. Um, yeah. So I'm going to stick with seven. Can we briefly, because I, I think we do have like another minute or two, um, talk about the de-aging effect. Because it was used in this movie in a way that wasn't supposed to be super serious. It's yeah. something like The Irishman, where mm-hmm. it was very heavily and you were supposed to buy in. No, it was clearly like a Luke Skywalker yeah. CGI type it, thing it happening. It creeped me out. Like it doesn't look right, but it's not supposed to. So I was forgiving of it. Mm-hmm. But- um, did that throw you off at all? Like his mouth in particular was just so like weird. To me. Yeah, it was odd. Did it bother you or were you just like, this is great? No, it didn't bother me at all. I was here for it. Okay. Um, if you guys haven't seen the interview that that character is based on, watch it. Um, it's on YouTube. It's a, it's from a, a, a TV show called Wogan, um, from 1990. He was promoting what movie, Johnny? Oh, Wild at Heart with yeah. Laura Dern. Which we haven't seen. No, I'm going to watch. We want to now, especially after that interview, because it's just wild. It's like the most absurd version of Nick Cage. Within the first five minutes, he takes his shirt off, gives it to the host and just wears a leather jacket. Lots of karate kicks and woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Um, It's a, it's a pretty solid interview. It's like a six minute long thing. Um, So that's, that's, I think that's all I got too. Um, But watch the interview. Watch the movie. And it's a 9-1 for me and somehow a 7 for Max. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. The unbearable weight of massive talent is in theaters now. Again, if you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema 
or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for the unbearable weight of massive talent, a review of that second beer, and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of the episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. sharp. And to those of you already listening on your preferred podcast app, we'll be right back after this cool sound. Danger Zone. Welcome to it, the Danger Zone. We're here. Ah! For new listeners or old listeners with bad memory, uh, is where we spoil the movie of the week. So if you haven't seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, heretofore only going to be called Massive Talent because I can't say it anymore. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, we're spoiling it. Spoiling it. Uh, so go see it uh, if you want or if you don't care. Let's do this. I don't feel like this movie is uh, spoiler heavy either. Well, no, I do. Eh. And here's why. Okay. I mentioned twists and turns. The fact that Nick Cage dies at the end is just crazy. <laughs> sure. Yes. And then it turns into everything everywhere all at once. It's a multiverse. And then we see him alive and well. And then Mandy's there. There's zombies. Yeah. The whole thing. So the prop room was fun. That was cool. Oh, Seeing yeah. like the axe and the chainsaw and like all of the his Nick Cage paraphernalia. Also, I'm fucking around. Nick Cage doesn't die in this movie. No, sorry. Nope. Doesn't happen. <laughs> That's a good disclaimer. Um, That was cool. Like I recognize, is the axe from Mandy the big, sh the big, it is right. The big, um, no, the chainsaw was from Mandy. Yeah, but I think the axe was too. Oh yeah. It's like the, it is, it's like the big one he welds. like, it's like five feet long, oh, the yeah. shiny one. The one he fought off the bikers with. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised they went with chainsaw in the movie. He was like, this is, oh, is that the chainsaw from Mandy? I'm like, dude, you just walked by that. And you're like, is that the thing from Mandy? I don't know. What are the golden guns from? Face off? Maybe. I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, what I was going to say, though, is that I thought for a minute, because it seems like it would go the route of turning into kind of what it does, maybe with less self-awareness from the meta thing, like maybe they weren't going to actually act out the script they were writing, like maybe the daughter wouldn't get kidnapped. But I thought to some extent it would turn into kind of a, you know, a cartel driven action movie, uh, confirming from our tech that it is from face off those guns. Mm -hmm. Great. What I was hoping, though, was that when the CIA made him infiltrate the security cameras, like it was secretly going to be this ploy from his agent played by Neil Patrick Harris, to like film it. And like, it was all going to be this big thing to get Nate Cage back on his feet and like get his chutzpah back. Mm -hmm. And then that was going to be the movie. Then it had that happen. I would have been disappointed because I figured that out pretty quick. Right. But it still would have been fun. Uh, you know, it's like, it'd be like that even Stevens movie where it's like a reality show. Did you ever see that? Mm-mm. deep cut Even right Stevens. Here. Even like Stevens, the, the Disney Channel show? Yeah, I remember the show. With uh, Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, they made a movie. Well, yeah, the Even Stevens movie. They go on vacation and and it's all set up because Shia LaBeouf's character, um, Lewis, loves chairs. He loves big chairs. It's like a thing. It's so stupid. <laughs> and there's this big chair in this tropical village and, and it's just like, do not sit on me. And he sits on it, presses a button. It ruins the village. It's haunted. The villagers freak out. Then a hidden camera crew films the entire thing. It's like meant to like make... Like, wouldn't it be funny to watch his family freak out? But then, of course, um, they twist it back on the show producers, make it seem like Shia dies, and he doesn't. Anyways, that's what I was hoping would happen here, and it didn't. Hmm. Would have been cool if Shia LaBeouf was in this. Again, DP worked on Peanut Butter Falcon. Would have been a nice tie-in. Yeah. Reaching a bit. Would have been cool. Would have been, cool. been real mad. <laughs> I mean, and when you're dealing with a movie this outlandish, that's not something that couldn't have happened. I expected a cameo or two that yeah. I didn't get. Like from, you know, anybody, anybody that like Nick Cage has worked with would have been fun. You know, like if John Travolta had popped up and be like, John Travolta accent here. Yeah. Or but, if Sean Connery was just like laying on the beach. Totally. Nothing. 
Yeah. So yeah. that's okay. I stuck around for the main, the first section of credits because the lights didn't even come on. I was like, oh, is there like a post-credit something? Mm-hmm. There was not. Oh, they just forgot to turn the lights on? They might have. That's funny. Yeah, between that and the dimming projector when we saw the Northman, it's like, get it together, Cinemark. Yeah. Yeah, that was odd. We was didn't annoying. talk about that during no, the Northman episode. The Northman screening was weird because this the projector kept changing in intensity. Yeah. Like it looked like somebody was like covering the lens of the camera slightly without actually getting in the way, but like blocking the light. It was like, it was nuts. Yeah. It just kept getting a little darker. And it wasn't in just one scene. Like it happened in multiple like indoors, outdoors, fire, no fire. Yeah. Kept doing it. Super annoying. Maddening. Um, okay. That's what I wanted to mention was the CIA hacking um, plot idea that I had that didn't end up going anywhere. That's fair. They just died. Tiffany Haddish and the other guy. Yeah. That's fine. That other guy. I don't like him. I don't like him either. He thinks he's funnier than he is. Yeah. It's not good for me. He's smarmy. Yeah. Good word. I don't like him. Um, I'm getting the vibe. This is going to be a short danger zone. I think so. Okay. There's like, there's not a lot to spoil. I think we covered a lot. I mean, Pedro Pascal's great and I want to yeah. see him in more stuff. Like what is he working on? What's he up to? I don't know. I don't um, things that come to mind that he has done, obviously Game of Thrones, obviously the Mandalorian. Um, he was in a terrible movie called Triple Frontier with Garrett Hedlund. And um, I think Oscar Isaac might've been in that too. One of the worst like bro military adventure, like co-op, covert op, like it was trash. I forgot about that movie it's like so bad. on purpose. I would I would love to do like a like a dishonorary review of that movie. Oh yeah, Narcos. That's where I've seen him oh, a lot. yeah, I've never seen um, that. He's also actually working on a live action adaptation of the survival horror game, The Last of Us. Oh, he's playing the main character in yeah, that. That seems scary. That'll be good. Hey, when you saw this, did you see the trailer for the horror movie? It's like a possession movie which the mm-hmm. name is escaping me. Yeah. The one where the the nun goes yeah. into the, yeah. Looks scary. I'm so in on that. I'll see that too. Yeah. I hope it's good. Let's see that together. I think sh- shitty possession movies are a dime a dozen. Yeah. But if you can, and, I'm, and they're always, almost always bad, but I'm hoping this one might be good. Uh, so yeah, I'll see that with you. Let's do that for sure. Okay. Um, It's not called Let Me In, but I feel like that's what it's called. Because they keep saying it in the trailer, like, let me in, because yeah. it's her mom channeling mm-hmm. whatever, the demon. No, that one actually looked good, too. It mm-hmm. looked like they threw some money at it. Like, the, yeah. the effects, the effects were good. Great. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that one might be fun. Uh, I don't really think I have anything else on Massive Talent. No, let's get out of here, man. All right. Um, well, then I guess it's time for beer number two. Yeah, you're good. Beer number two? Yeah. All right. What is beer number two? Beer number two is another beer from Tox called Death Angel. Uh, it is a triple IPA that is 10%, also available at SNS. And since we are not on KZFR, nice. I can tell you both of these beers cost around six bucks today. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, this one was canned on March 8th, which puts us at about um, seven weeks, yeah. give or take. So right in the wheelhouse. That's oh. perfectly fresh. Yep. Uh, from their website, we read First, there was Angel Wings, then Angel's Trumpet. In the pursuit of limitations, we decide, did. We decided oh, I got you. Nice. to push this series one step further. Scaled carefully and with purpose, this triple big brother brings huge notes of citrus, peach, grapefruit, melon, and mango. It drinks very dangerously smooth and juicy for the ABV. So once again, this is a double dry hopped triple IPA. You're looking for that juice there. You are. That J-U-I, that's nice. I didn't notice this when you said it because I, I wasn't reading the notes, but... Um, you wrote the notes. I wasn't reading it when you spoke. Angel Wings and you said, then Angel's Trumpet are both clearly beers from them. Yeah. One's a single, I'm guessing one's a double, and now we're at the triple, which so is, again, Death Angel. The beers this week, they're just all sequels. Yeah, which normally we complain about in this show, but not with beers, mostly with movies. Yeah. Um, pretty cool can art also. It's a, a, a boggy 
area in a forest and there's one boat kind of making its way through the mist with a, a, a an antlered skull at the helm and a um what, how would you describe this this green character mm, kind of like a swamp uh, mermaid yeah. demon like a like a forest a forest demon like nymphish almost nymphish, nice with uh skeletal wings no wing no no nothing in between just the bones skeletal yeah, wing sure. structure they can be skeletal wings but you could have the wing part skeleton There's no wing part. wings okay nice uh and she's got a cool like mask on which might also be her face looks like there's some horns happening i'm seeing some impaled heads on sticks it's not someone you want to run into no. if you're traversing a bog also there's a, on the other can the first one we did there is a human skull with antlers yeah this feels very um it's canon speaking of horror movies yeah there's um there's that one called not the lodge though that was good too there's one Oh, I'm gonna think of the it. ritual. The ritual. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, with that. With the yeah, uh, it's called a Wendigo. Yeah, um, that was has, such a cool movie. Gosh, I I, re I rewatched that like six months ago, maybe. Um, very effective vessel for uh, encapsulating a human trauma experience as a horror experience, mm -hmm. and it does the thing where it's like kind of both at the same time. Yeah, I like the ritual quite a bit. Um, this could have been a, in the sequel to the ritual, the ritual to Bog Wendigo. Bogwendigo. Mm -hmm. Bogwendigo. That's a good name for a villain. It's a good name for a death metal band. Bogwendigo. Bogwendigo. Or an STD. I'm good there. Okay. <laughs> You're good with that STD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good on Bogwendigo. No, hard line on that. <laughs> yep. On the 10% beer that I just poured you mm -hmm. without realizing it was 10? Yeah. It's beautiful. Looks like uh, about the same as the first one. I Very... couldn't tell the difference. No. Um, somehow this feels more like the danger zone now. Yeah, it me. does. I don't know what that is. I think we were Nick caged out. Maybe. I don't think we had much to say. Um, I said what my favorite scene was. We were there. Yeah. Well, cheers to another 10% beer. So yeah, which is, I was going to say, we've done several of these seemingly. And by several of these, I mean, triple IPAs in the past, maybe, uh, three months. Very often they are overpowering either with hoppiness or maltiness or sweetness, or something doesn't feel balanced because very often the alcohol is really hard to hide, but everybody tries We've had some good ones. I think the last one we did, which maybe you can remind me of, we both really liked. Mm -hmm. um, and if that was it, from Short Throw, it was from Short Throw, and I'll think of the name in a minute. But how is this one? I saw you take a drink. What do you? What's your first impression? First impression was this is delicious. Uh, second sip, it got significantly sweeter. Okay, so I'm still trying to figure out if I love it or if it's real, real sweet. Okay, it's intense. It's a lot. There's a lot going on in this beer. That's for sure. It is big but it doesn't there it the alcohol is completely oh. hidden you well yeah but the, like but is the sweetness what's hiding it exactly like you could have told me that this was six percent and i'd have been like yeah the other telltale sign of a triple ipa for me most of the time is the syrupy viscous body that you usually get and i'm not getting that <laughs> here talking about me like that i'm right here <laughs> um this is not that way this drinks closer to Dare I say, almost thinner than the first beer we did. Yeah, right. But not in a in a in a detracting kind of way. It's it's almost Smoother. feels more balanced in a mouthfeel sense. The I agree with you. Probably not flavor wise. I've only had one sip at the moment. Yeah, um, you've had a third sip. I have. This is it's definitely on the sweet side. It it borders on cloying, but I don't think it enters into that territory. It is sweet though. If you like that New England style gonna kind of echo a lot of the things i said about the first beer it's it's really catering to the fan of the haze and the that new england style where it's it's very orange juicy and to me this is like a thicker sweeter version of orange juice sure definitely sure. definitely thick super sweet unbelievably good at hiding 
and having a very smooth 10%. Yep. This this is the smoothest 10% beer I've had that wasn't a stout. Oh, really? Probably. I'll maybe give you that. Um, It's super good. By the way, the short throw brewing beer was called Mumble Sauce. Yeah, that's what it was. And that one was also 10%. And I'm just going to double check. But I think we both came down favorably on it. I remember I liked it. Um, You did, but I liked it more because my review is on our website. And I just said, this beer does anything but mumble. Points for me. That was clever. Uh, yeah, way too smooth and easy drinking. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I think that's kind of my barometer for a triple IPA in terms of quality is mumble sauce from short throw. And I'm going to have my second sip here, but I'm inclined to agree with you so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking too about triple IPAs and how there's not a ton out there that we like. And then I recalled uh, Waldo. Where do you fall on Waldo as a triple IPA? It's tough because that one is loaded. And I'm sure if it's true for me, it's triple true for you it's there's there's a bit of nostalgia with waldo's yeah. is it waldo's special ale is that what yeah. it's called from lagunitas um and the abv on that's like 11 something right? it's up there yeah it's i mean it's from lagunitas it's a super malty triple ipa um is that even what it is a triple do they mm-hmm. it leaves it at triple yeah could be higher if you ask me um i do like it but it's i would never make the mistake of calling it a smooth triple ipa i don't think mm. it's it's very clearly malt forward and sweet and I would never drink two of them, tell you that. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll get to that later. Stick around. Um, <laughs> one we did, I think during the pandemic, was one from a brewery. Um, I think it was local craft beer. They did one, I think it's called the, the Grain Man. That sounds right. It had like a scarecrow on it, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think we either both loved it or hated it. I'm I want to say sure we hated it. it. Did we? Yep. It was too right. sweet. Um, I had my second drink of this. I'm super into it. I think it's very good. And the the almost main qualifier for me for a triple IPA is, assuming everything tastes okay, is is the body and the mouthfeel going to allow me to drink a few ounces of this, or is it like after one drink I'm like, yep, that is thick, I am done, and I'm not at that point with this. I'm this is I'm gonna drink more of this. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, my main gripe with this as of right now mm-hmm. is the the sweetness. It's sweet. It's it's mm-hmm. simply. Oh my! I feel like saying it's too sweet. I don't think. It is too sweet. It's just sweeter than I would like. I think this beer would benefit from saying that it is a triple hazy IPA. And maybe that's what it's trying to hint at by saying it's a double dry hopped triple IPA, that it's going for kind of the sweeter thing. But just by looking at it, again, like we said, it looks kind of like our first one, which was a hazy IPA, an imperial hazy IPA. And I think that would set the table for expectations of less of a hoppy aggressiveness and more of the sweet thing, Mm -hmm. which coming in from that angle... If I was like, if you take the sweetness of a imperial hazy IPA, you're already expecting sweet, and we both agreed that the first beer was less sweet than we might have expected. If they had said we're an imperial or a triple IPA, a triple New England IPA, I'd be like, this is going to be so sweet. Mm. And from that perspective, this is way less sweet than it could potentially true. be. That is true, and it's shockingly drinkable. Like the the yeah. smoothness yeah. and the the not overpowering heft yes. on the, the mouthfeel. Yeah. Because a 10% double dry hop triple IPA should be chewy. For sure. And this is surprisingly easy to drink. I I like this quite a bit, especially at the price point you mentioned, six-ish dollars, 10%. Yeah, I mean, top, top tier triple IPAs, if you ask me. Yeah, it's not too sweet for me to where I will say I hate it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, and I, I will say it just drinks so nice. It's very surprising that a 10% triple IPA can be refreshing. Like yes, this feels for sure. nice to drink. Like it's just, it's pleasant on the palate. One thing I would change about this whole experience is I would love this to be about 10 degrees colder. It's pretty chilly, right? I wish I knew. We should, 
I had this brilliant invention idea. It's for a beer glass, like a properly made beer glass that is meant for beers and not just like a mug or something that has a built-in thermometer. Mm. Could be digital if you want, but it runs like through the glass and it tracks your beer temperature. So you can like log your beer drinking experience as it changes temperatures. That's actually a It's really not out there. Idea. I've really looked into it and patent pending, everybody. We might need to edit that out. And I'm keeping it. No one steal this. This is like us documenting. This is my idea. All right. That counts. It's now your IP. Yeah. Um, but like, how helpful would that be? Because so often we're like, yeah, you know, it could be colder. But like, I, I can't tell the difference between like 55 and 63. So it'd be nice to know. It would. This is cold enough for me. I dig this. Fair enough. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about the flavor too much. For me, it's it'd be like walking through a forest on a spring day, 11 a.m., clouded, shady in the forest. Everything's cool. You can smell the earth coming up a little bit. There's a bird chirping in the distance. You're chewing on, you're chewing on a citrus type bubble gum. I thought you were gonna say a frog. <laughs> you hear a frog in the distance. You're chewing on a Ribbit. citrusy bubble gum, like Ribbit. nice. I keep dropping some sound design. I'm not gonna. Um, and then oops, your gum falls out of your mouth, lands in a pile of tree sap, and you go, it's my only piece of gum. Could really use it. You pick it up, it 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 pulls apart from the sap like a tendon ripping from a body. Stick it back in your mouth. There's a piney gooiness to this that is surprisingly thinner than you might think. That's what I taste in this anyways. Well, that was surprisingly <laughs> arousing. Uh, I have to go. <laughs> um, I dig this beer quite a bit, man. And it, uh, yeah, it's having an effect on me. Fair Take enough. That however you want. No, man. Uh, well, we're all affected right now. You want to give it a rating? Yeah. I think I definitely like this more than the first one, which we didn't write down our ratings. Yeah, we, we should. did. I did. Oh, Check it we out. didn't write down for the movies. You gave the first one a 6.1. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is way more than that. Yes, it is. No, this is like a, this feels like a 7.8. 7 7.8 for you. It's a 9 for me. So uh, as proportions go or as ratios go, I think we're kind of, you know, accelerating at the same rate. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, I think it's great. Yeah. Definitely cleanest drinking IPA, uh, triple IPA I've had in a while. More so than Mumble Sauce a couple weeks ago. That's tough. That one was, no, this one's thinner in a good way, more drinkable, more approachable. I feel like yep. this is definitely a more approachable triple. Uh, for the record, you gave Mumble Sauce a rating of, let me just find it real quick. You gave it a 7.5. Okay. So you like this one slightly more if yeah. we're just going by your numbers. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, do you have anything else on Death Angel? I think you should definitely buy another can. Yeah. And I think if you're into this style of beer, if you just, yeah, if it sounds good, drink it. I think that's universal advice from this show. Yeah, again, this one's at SNS. Yeah, so. it's not my favorite. I'm not going to buy another can, but depending on your your taste and sensibilities, check it out. Sure. Okay. Um, you want to go into Hot and Bothered then? Let's do it. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered, y'all. It's uh, it's the portion of the show where we talk about our weeks, and that can be about beer and movies. Sometimes it's not though. And I'm going to let Johnny go first because I'm not sure what I want to talk about yet. All right. So you've got a few things, dude. Yeah. Um, can we start with the the thing that is more applicable to the show? Absolutely. What you got? So I guess that would be the movie. Huh? I, yeah. Oh, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, they both kind of apply. But yeah, I meant I meant the movie. I'm fucking with you, man. I knew what you meant. Well, one's a beer fest. So yeah. like that's, you know, that's applicable. It's true. It's the two things we're about. Right. No, so I'm not going to talk about Yellowstone anymore. I know that. Finally. Uh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> we watched last night The Biggest Little Farm, a documentary that came out in 2018 yeah. that I had been wanting to watch for some time. I missed it when it was on its run at the pageant. 
and just looking for something to watch last night, and that just seemed right. Uh, so it starred John and Molly Chester. It was a couple, and they are followed through their successes and failures as they worked to develop a sustainable farm on 200 acres outside of Los Angeles. Over the years, they desolate the desolate. Oh, like, I don't think they know how to farm. The desolate they purchase. Is that a properly constructed? The desolate that they pur- The desolate. Is there another word in there? No. The desolate f- land is what sure, I would say. That's yeah. The desolate plot of land they purchased begins to thrive and it's transformed. So that's a very truncated take on this movie. Uh, so I learned a ton about like sustainable farming and um, diverse like equality in farming. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going for this whole thing where everything should work in harmony. Mm-hmm. Like there's all different kinds of plants growing together, mm-hmm. all different kinds of animals growing together. And you know, there's major ups and downs and trial and error. Um, but I learned a lot about the way that like the ecosystem of a farm works mm-hmm. and how for every problem there's a solution and the solution's usually living on the farm. You just haven't figured out how to mm-hmm. address it properly. Mm-hmm. So that learned a lot and it was an absolutely fascinating and well shot documentary. It was actually directed and shot by John Chester, who before buying the farm mm. was a nature cinematographer. Oh, cool. So he was all over the world shooting documentaries and nature. It's and the guy for like the that. job. It's the guy for the job. Yeah. So there's some amazing shots of wildlife in this. Uh, so beautiful to look at, highly educational, mm-hmm. very entertaining, insightful, well-made documentary. So nice, dude. Shining endorsement from me for The Biggest Little Farm, and it is available now on Hulu. Sweet. Yeah, I watched it in October of 2019. Nice. So I missed it by a bit. Um, and I gave it I gave it three out of five on Letterboxd. Nice. Tell me if you agree. What I said was is I said cute and heartfelt with a strong, a strangely uncompelling narrative. I said the strength of this film lies in what it has to show about the beauty of nature, and that's kind of about it. Some of the dramatic narrative elements at times felt a bit soapboxy, particularly the coyote arc. Uh, and though I absolutely get the point they're trying to make, it just felt a little out of place. The documentary could have stood alone without the dramatic story beats, but it still works as a window into the lives of two people trying to craft their lives into something meaningful in a truly gorgeous way. Yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah. Uh, there were, but luckily there weren't, the narrative moments weren't overpowering or like the major through line. Yeah. Because when documentaries get soapboxy and just um, not plot driven, but agenda driven, yes, uh, it takes me out of them. For sure. Because you're documenting that shouldn't be. It's not your opinion, man. Exactly. Yeah. It should be you're observing. It should be objective. So when you remove yeah. ob- objectivity and input, you know, a narrative yeah. that you're trying to instill mm-hmm. upon, especially things like nature. Right. Like me and Shalina were sure. both like, yeah, you own a farm. You might have to kill a coyote. Totally. Like, bruh, have you not seen Yellowstone? There's, there's, um, there's, you know, those documentaries that are about like, I love that you snuck it in the documentaries that are about like kids getting bullied at school. Yeah. In that case, I'm like, okay. Cause like ostensibly there's a grown up with a camera watching some kid just get the shit beat out of him. I think like at that point, like maybe you should intervene. Like, I know you're doing it for your documentary, but like, they're like, you know, they're like spitting loogies on this kid's forehead and like slamming his hands in lockers. Like at what point are you like, okay, man should do something. Yeah. But most of the time, like, yeah, if you're documenting a farm, Yes. A bee might get stepped on. You have to, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or eaten by a bigger bee. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, you know, there's this element of life and death and the, the cyclical nature of all things that's mm-hmm. kind of present mm-hmm. in this. And 
Yeah, I, I get that, but it got a little crunchy for me sure. with the ideology. But yeah, and that was very limited to certain scenes. I think overall it was pretty insightful. And mm-hmm. yeah, they weren't the most interesting people, but I think the farm was interesting and totally. learning about totally. the process. And that's what I geeked out on. Like if I'm going to watch a beautiful documentary and I learn mm-hmm. a couple things, mm-hmm. I'm here for that. Yeah, there's that whole uh, David Attenborough series on Netflix called like Our Planet or something. Oh, I've watched all it's of them. It's great. I'm a David Attenborough yeah. stan. He's awesome. He's my He's my guy. Yeah. We've recently been delving into the Netflix original series narrated by Barack Obama called Our National Parks. I'm in. Oh, I'm in. Oh, yeah. And they're getting, okay, so this is like um, anything Attenborough's done, implementing 4K drone technology. Bro, I saw a monkey yeah. riding a deer. In what sense? Like to get somewhere. Again, a euphemism potentially. No. What do you mean? <laughs> like in the jungle. Like to get somewhere? No. Or like, to get somewhere? Like literally as transport. Okay, got it, got it, the, got it. He transported himself. A monkey okay. was using a deer as a vehicle. Yeah, it still could be interpreted the wrong way. You can take it how you want, man. Uh, but yeah. Like the deer did. Exactly. He took it every which way. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. Hey, oh. Anyways, that was, that's was been fantastic. I think I'm two episodes into that. For one, Barack Obama, such a soothing voice. Great voice. Like up there with Attenborough. I didn't know I needed Barack Obama narrating nature. Yes. I do. Dude, he has the opposite voice of me, which is to say that I'm. I, this is the, the, the speed that I speak at. Yeah. He speaks like he's not quite sure even what the next word will be because he does a lot of like the, uh, what the way you mean? It's great. His candor is. There's no rush. No, it's. Which is perfect for a nature documentary. So thoughtful and just yeah. deliberate. I love it. You should watch it. It's so right. soothing. Sure. It's just sitting on the couch, zoning out and learning about all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so much of it too is stuff that has never been filmed before. Yeah. So it's, it's groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And also. The technology is at a point with drones and 4K yeah. filming that like nature documentaries are only going to get better from here on out. And yeah. I know the Obamas have that production company. So Crip Camp. Yeah. They did. That was the first mm-hmm. one that they did. So uh, I want them to keep funding things because sure. the few things I've seen from their production company are killing it. Yeah. So yeah. That's a good little tangent off of Biggest Little Farm. Absolutely. By the way, that's the reason I love Letterboxd, dude. Because I could, like, I knew that I'd seen Biggest Little Farm, but I couldn't remember what I thought. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just pull up my review from two years ago. Smart. So that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, so clearly a second for me. Watch that. There's a good, a lot of good, like, nature documentaries on Netflix. Absolutely. And other places. Yeah, I like watching things that I learned something. I mean, it's always great to be entertained, but it felt like a really good counterpoint to the movie this week. Sure. To get something, some knowledge. Get some, yeah. Get some, just you know, a little bit of nutrients. Yeah, exactly. For your brain. So that's what I got. And then it's been a busy week. I've mm-hmm. uh, been beer events are back. So I've been, I worked six days last week, just going crazy yeah. with events. So if you follow me or like in person, mm-hmm. I guess you will saw you saw that I went to places. If you were following behind me, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, right. It's a busy week, but right. uh, it's good to be back here. It was fun going to the movies. Took off early yesterday to go to the movies. Had yeah, a little... you call it, You said that you got the twelve fifty. Yeah, yeah, midday. That's Those great. Great. So did I today, but surprisingly great. high number of people my age in the theater. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, what's a surprise? One would be surprisingly high. So how many were there? Six. Oh wow. Yeah. Surprisingly high. Surprisingly. Yeah. High. yeah. All right. So it was good. What do you got going on? Um, not a whole lot, man. I kind of finalized my schedule for May for shows, um, and I have um, like twenty. 
I think, 24 performances in May. Good God. So I've got a couple days off here. Uh, today's, yeah, we record on Tuesdays typically. So I've got um, Thursdays, kind of my first day at it. And then I'm off for Mother's Day. I'm going to spend some time with, with my mom. And then it's like 17 days in a row with 19 shows. And a podcast. And a too. podcast, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of getting into busy season for me as well. Events in general seem to be kind of yep. coming back. So won't be long. I feel like eventually we're both going to end up at the same event. Like I'll have distribute, I'll have beer breweries there. Yes. You'll be playing music. Why we should, we could take over this town, baby. We should like, let's just make an event. We really should. <laughs> yeah. Like let's, let's get some corporate funding from somebody like a casino. I could do that. And then you pour beers. I'll play music. We'll get people in there and yeah. like, let's do that. I mean, we are a dynamic duo. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to give a couple, one more shout out. Um, cause this will come out. This will be about right. Our friend, Lauren, friend of the show, Lauren Lindley came through. She was shooting a wedding in Fort Bragg. She's a very talented photographer, um, avid movie nerd. And she passed through and we took some headshots, but I took her around. She'd never been to Chico. So I took her to a few spots and it was a blast. Nice. And we talked about, um, some movies, obviously some beers, obviously, and, um, introduced her to secret trail beers. She had, um, Comanche Creek at one point and another one, one was at secret trail and one was at burgers and brew. Um, so it was super fun hanging out. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, when you start thinking about back back on your week, you're like, oh yeah, that happened and that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always hate the idea that I might leave somebody out that deserves a shout out, but I'm sure I do. That's okay. Nobody else deserves a shout out from me. Okay, great. No. Um, well then man, that's kind of been, uh, my life in a, in a nutshell the past week. All right. Well, since you're hot and bothered, quite frankly, was disappointing. Yeah. I have questions. Sure. All right. Um, what movies are you stoked about? We got a bunch of things coming down I'm the very pipe. stoked about some movies. Yeah. Um, like that's got your sure. Give me, give me. Okay, fine. On Friday, I'm seeing, um, the latest from Celine Siama who did a portrait of a woman, a portrait of a lady on fire two years ago. Um, it's a, it's like a, ni- not even 90, I think it's like 77 minutes. It's called Petite Maman and it's, yeah, it's playing at the pageant. Oh, what, what time are you going? I'm going at five. I'm going, I don't want to tell everybody. It's fine. The pageant needs business. Five o'clock on Friday is when I'm going. There's a five o'clock. There's a seven o'clock. I might just appear. Please come. Um, and then go to the movies. A boy. A boy. A boy. It's a boy. Right. So I'm seeing that on Friday. Okay. I'm also very excited for f- a film from Alex Garland who did Annihilation and um, Ex Machina called mm-hmm. Men. Yeah. Um, starring Jesse Buckley and a guy whose name I can never remember, but he was in, uh, what was that weird like medieval show where he played, I feel like you'd look Penny Dreadful. He played Frankenstein's monster in Penny yeah. Dreadful. Um, that I, guy. I do like Penny Dreadful. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's called Men, and that's coming out, I think, on the 20, uh, 22nd or something of this month. Stoked for that. Um, Jordan Peele's Nope is coming out in July. Can't wait. Um, and that's what comes to mind for me at the moment. What are your thoughts on the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or whatever the fuck it's called? I'm so glad that everything everywhere all at once came out first, right. just in case people were going to have multiverse fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I doubt that Doctor Strange would have suffered any of that because it's Marvel and it's huge. But um, I bet you if that had come out first, people would be like, oh, I already saw a multiverse movie. I don't need to go see uh, everything everywhere. Oh, you mean a perfect movie? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'll watch it. I, I think, I, you know, I think anything a little bit higher concept from Marvel could be cool because they can utilize the biggest budget special effects. And I'm just hoping there will be some substance. I have read a couple things. You know, I don't like to read reviews before I see things, but there's some blurbs that I've read. Sure. Accidentally. Uh, we'll basically say. just like tweets, just like sure. two sentence takes. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Sam Raimi directed this. I do know this. And it is apparently like the most influenced 
uh, a Marvel film has been by a director. So okay. it's got a real strong Sam Raimi feel. For those that don't know, Sam Raimi, uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2, Dawn Evil, of the Dead. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. I always mix that up. Um, but a director who has pretty famously been one to put their signature on higher budget stuff, mm-hmm. despite studios. Yeah, and I've heard there's some pretty dark elements to this and some very mm-hmm. horror Sam Raimi horror Evil Dead elements. Okay. So I'm very intrigued by yeah. it. Curious if we're going to do it for the show. I don't know what else is out that is in like the pop culture that maybe we should. There's stuff. There is, but it's our show. We and should cover what we want. I agree. And it might be Petite Mama. I'm going to do that next week, no matter what. Um, but I think we have a standing thing in the show where like, it's a Marvel movie. Like most, more people go to see that. Than, I hope you could hear my eyes rolling. I, everybody did. It was like a squishy little sound. But like, so there's people that go to movies twice a year. Mm-hmm. And most of the time those are like, yeah, big blockbusters, like yeah. Marvel films. So um, yeah, it feels to me like something we always have to cover. If we augmented with another film like Petite Maman, great. To be fair, I'm going to put my foot down pretty hard for Jurassic Park, the new one. Right. Jurassic World. The, okay. Yeah. So like. If, I'm, I'm it, Depending on when that releases, I might fight you on it. Well, that you, might be a two movie week. It might be a Malala week is what it might be. I still haven't used one either. Ever, huh? We've only had like that. What, what's the protocol years. if we both try and use a Malala on the same week? Um, Fight to the death? No. Damn it. They cancel each other out and neither of us have one for the rest of the year. And nobody gets to see either movie. Ooh. That sucks. But I don't know. We haven't. This has never happened. So. I don't know. That's going to lead to a deeper discussion. Yeah. And I love that like there's potentially new people or people that don't care, like have no idea what we're saying right now. Well, tell them what a Malala is. There's but- a movie called Book Smart that came out directed by Olivia Wilde, um, starring Beanie Fieldstein and Caitlin Deaver. Um, it's a coming of age story that came out in 2018, possibly 17. And there is a female in the world. I think she's a politician or a social justice figure named Malala Something, I can't think of her last name. Mm-hmm. But in, in the film Booksmart, these two girls use this as kind of a trump card. So like, if I call Malala, you have to do this thing with me no matter what, no complaints, you're fully on board. Like, I need you here now. Yeah, and in the case of the movie, it's like them going to this stupid party. And like, she, they're arguing, and she goes, Malala. And she goes, oh, fine. And then you shape up and you do it. So I did it to you last year or two years ago. With, was it last year? It was 2020, Within the Heights. It might've been last year. Yep. Was it In the Heights? I think so. Yeah, you didn't want to see In the Heights, which no. makes sense. But you did. And you were like, great, let's review it like a movie. Yep. Um, I'm true to my word. Yeah. Double Malala Jeopardy is untread territory. And hopefully we never get there. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, if there's nothing else vital, like I'm, I'm going to see mm-hmm. the, the Jurassic World movie. For sure. So if there's a better movie that I want to cover or we both want to cover. Yes. I mean, that's a good sure. flick pick slash hot and bothered because nobody's yeah. had a flick pick in days. We haven't officially done it. Yeah, you're like, right. Technically, mine was a flick pick, but right. was it? Right. I just don't put it in the episode description anymore. Yeah, exactly. And we never made like a button to go like, flick picks. Right. We should, but we, we probably didn't. could. Um, So you're hot and bothered, like I said. I yeah. wanted to know more about what's hot. So sure. movies like this weekend, because uh, what are we going to watch for the show next week? I don't know. I have yeah. to check release schedules. Um. Yeah, I haven't really, because because the past couple of weeks, it's been clear, like, well, you have to do this. Yeah. So like two weeks ago, it was either Everything Everywhere, or, or sorry, The Northman. It was really those three at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Northman, The Nick Cage movie. Yep. And the, the two that we've done came out on the same day. So it's really going to be what's out now and what's coming out like next Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, the Jurassic World thing. My favorite part of that trailer was when they were like, the epic conclusion. And I was like, finally, great. Yeah. Plus <laughs> just, Laura Dern's uh, back. 
Yeah, and uh, Sam Neill. And mainly fun. Laura Dern? Sure. Yeah, just yeah. go watch, uh, oh no. Um, Wild at Heart? Wild at Heart, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to. Did you see Marriage Story? No. She's in that. Yeah, but that movie looks sad. It's incredibly sad. I don't want to watch sad movies. That's fair. I don't like sad movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do, but it's, you know. That one just looked like too real, too sad. It's, yeah. There's like, Noah Baumbach has this way of uh, tapping into human suffering that makes it feel like, well, this is realistic. Can we call that bombastic? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we can. Um, you got anything else, man? No, we should get out of here. Uh, this drops for the regular listeners on Friday. So mm-hmm. you got any gigs this weekend? Anything public? We can go see you Friday night, Saturday. Saturday night, I'm at the Commons with Rob. Sick. Um, that'll be fun. There's um, what time? Seven. Seven. Yeah, so that'll be a patio thing. I think the first time we've played on the patio proper um, this year. Yeah. So that should be fun. We had our first farmers market of the year last night. As you're hearing this, Tight, or dude. tonight, if yeah. you're somehow still listening on KZFR, not that's a not possible. Not a thing. <laughs> Um, splice this in just at the end right <laughs> well it's definitely like patio out there weather so. it is well the, i might show up i have yeah. mild obligations but we'll see it's supposed to possibly rain on friday which will bring down the temperature for the weekend um i think that's how the rain works but uh according to the weather now we should be on the patio on saturday so it should be like a fun yeah like late you know at least in chico like feels like late spring everywhere nice. else but normal spring i was just out at the commons for an event last friday well, yeah. What was that? Good vibes. Uh, Humboldt cider tap takeover thing. Nice. That was cool. Cool. That'll be fun. Well, if you're listening to this and you're a fan of the show and or Young Maxwell, yeah. you should head to the Commons and see him play some music. Yeah, that's Saturday the, um, you know, seventh. Uh, seventh. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for prompting me to say that. I should yeah. say that more often. You should. I'm going to make you. Okay. Because also I don't always remember, and sometimes I want to go. Sure. Um, okay. Let's get out of here. You got. You want to say your fun stuff, or I'll say my fun stuff first. I guess the mm. show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Um, shout out to The Handlebar for the constant ad support. All of our friends on Patreon, including our new patrons, Lori and Ken, we appreciate you guys. Happy birthday, Nick. Um, I bet you Nick will be there Saturday. If I he's bet free. he would. And then we'll, let's all buy Nick a drink. Hell yeah. And yeah, let's get Nick drunk on Saturday. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, that, I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. And remember, when possible, wear the greenest shirt imaginable. Drink tasty triple IPAs, and always, most importantly, be good to each other. We love you, and we'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.